always good to see your smiling faces. In fact, I saw a headline, just it was made, I didn't read anything about it, but it just said, the power of a smile. So why don't y'all, would y'all do something for me? Would all of you just smile, look up here and smile once? It's amazing. And then I, I'm going to remember today to say, enjoy your enchiladas. <laughs> the, <laughs> I wouldn't forget. I tell you, these kids, they are, they are hammering me on that. I mean, they are hammering me. And, and when I forget, they'll come up to me and say, you forgot to say it. And I said, just be patient with me. God is not finished with me yet. Just one more Sunday. But see, I did it at the first today. Well, because I missed my Mexican food last week and I'm craving it today. That's the problem. So it's really good to see all of you. Um, just a couple real quick thoughts about how fast this year's going by. Can you, I mean, are we all in the same boat? Thanksgiving is behind us and we're looking right around the corner at Christmas. I mean, you know, I did take a little survey of some men about decorating and all that stuff. And I think just about every man I talked to said it's just a part of being married and, uh, you know, enduring a few things along the way. And uh, I don't know. If, I mean, there probably are men that just get really excited about that decorating process. But uh, it seems like to me that we just got it put away, and here we are taking it out again. It just it just uh, so, coming around so fast. But I told my wife this year, honestly and truly, and this is like a confession before the whole church, I told my wife this year, I am working specifically on having a good attitude, well, a better attitude about, about the process, Right? And she said, it, it, it's really, she's seeing a difference. So, you know, that you can teach an old dog new tricks. But uh, anyway, um, as I think about, uh, you know, uh, the Lord's Supper, and I think about accountability and examining ourselves and all of that, it reminds me of when I was in school of report card day. And I've told y'all before, but, you know, I, I didn't really make good grades. I, I, I just didn't make good grades. I, I was very distracted. My excuse is I started way too young. I started when I was five and, uh, you know, five and a half or something like that. And I just wasn't ready for to be thrust into that atmosphere of, you know, hard studying and stuff at five and a half. And, um, uh, so I, I was always lagged behind, and so, but, uh, but, uh, but throughout my life, it, it was a distraction. I just was distracted easily, and so I dreaded report card day. Every six weeks, I dreaded it uh, because it was always a sad time at our house. I would get the, the, um, the response or reaction from my parents, and, um, and they had a certain guideline, I mean, uh, they had found that if they kept me from riding my horse uh, during the next six weeks period, that I would really work hard enough to get my grades up just enough so I could ride my horse. 
And so I dreaded the, the report card day because I knew for six weeks I wouldn't be able to ride my horse. And I lived, I mean, Carolyn and I lived on horses during those days. We, we did trail rides. We did a few rodeo things where we did, and, and we had our horses and we would come, you know, and ride after school. But when the report card would come in, no riding for six weeks, and many times during the year. So my stomach would be in knots, and my horse was about to get fatter, and um, it was just a, a dreadful time. So as we think about, and I don't want the Lord's Supper to be like dreadful, but it is a time of examination. It is a time of, for us to think about. And, I, and I'm thinking about as we're winding down 2021, and, and we just need to be honest. I mean, God already knows everything in our minds. He knows our, our life. He knows everything. But you see, we have a responsibility to examine and take a good look at how we're doing. So if I were to ask you, how are you doing this year compared to last year? Not comparing ourselves to each other, but how are we doing compared to last year? Do you feel like that you're making some progress, that you're a little further along uh, in your walk with the Lord, you're a little bit deeper in your walk with Him? Um, as we examine ourselves, uh, do you feel like that you're more uh, loving toward others? Um, as we examine ourselves, we need to examine to see if we're involved in any known sin or uh, anything like that. Are we actually growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Do others or others seeing changes? I mean, are, are others seeing uh, the character of Christ? Are they, are they noticing? They, don't, they may not tell you necessarily, but can others see the ones closest to you in your homes and those that you work with, are they able to see a change as you're going through the end of another year? Uh, is, as you examine yourself, is there anyone that you can think of, the Holy Spirit would bring to your mind, that you need to ask for forgiveness for? <clears throat> Just, is there anybody? And you know, I think from time to time, that's very important, that we ask the Lord, have I offended? Do I, have I offended someone? And do I need to go to them and get right with them? Have my words and my behavior, my character been Christ-like? Now, I just want to make a little comment here. And uh, in fact, I'm going to need to get something out of my bag. I've had several comments about this bag. Several have noticed. I got it about two years ago on Christmas from Julie and Clint. Very nice leather bag, reminds me of a nice saddle. And uh, I haven't uh, carried it. See, I don't want to get out my new glasses. I don't want to get out my pickle juice. Uh, that's for leg cramps. Um, <laughs> yeah, I showed it to somebody today and they laughed. Oh, I know I've got it in here. This is not an act here. I'm actually in a bind.
Oh, I already put it in my pocket. <laughs> Don't you love it? You know, I've been told it's going to get worse before it gets better. Uh, no, that was really put on. I just wanted y'all to see me walk a little bit more. Uh, I just want to say something here that, um, that I think you'll appreciate. And I think you'll probably, some of you might even agree with me on. And you know, when I say things, it, it doesn't shock me these days and it doesn't surprise me that there are some people bearing their heads down and they don't agree. And that, that's not new. Uh, it's okay. But I want to just say that our, and I want you to, because I wrote this out specifically so we could get this. Our Christ likeness. Okay, we're being conformed to the image of Christ. Our Christ likeness is not determined by the number of sermons we hear or the number of sermons we preach. Our Christ likeness is determined by our obedience to Him and our submission to Him as He has been preached through past sermons. So it's really our relationship to Him. It's our walk with Him. It's the, and I appreciated Matt's last week when he said, if you want to get to know Christ, get to know this book. If you want to know Jesus, get to know this book. So our Christ likeness, the character of Christ in us is directly related to our obedience to him and what he's already taught us. Now, someone might say Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that means we need to hear a bunch of sermons. Well, let me just toss out a couple of things that the Lord gave me this week to think about. That today, in our society, we have access and the availability to more sermons than we've ever had in our lifetime. Podcast. You can, go, you can hear Dr. Adrian Rogers. You can hear Keith Daniel. You can pull up. You can, the access is really unlimited. My question to you is this. How are you taking advantage of that unlimited resource that is ours? And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm not convinced that that verse means sermons. I'm convinced, though, it does mean the word of God. Therefore, the little gadget I was looking for that I already had in my pocket is this. How many of you have one of these, or at least one of these? The little earpiece, the Bible, 
New Testament on cassette. You plug it in, and guess what? You want your faith to increase? You want to get to know Jesus better? Put these things in your ear when you're driving to work and turn off your country music. Amen? Come on, somebody wake up. Turn off, you know, what you're listening to and start listening to the Word of God. How much time are you spending listening to the Word? It's available. Our church has provided these for people and had them available. And you can have one too. You can put these in your ears at night. It's amazing. I've actually, when Linda was with her mother and I was in the RV, and I would plug them in my, my ears, and at night I would go to sleep. I might listen in my sleep to five or six books of the New Testament. And I promise you, those in that RV, I was by myself, could see a real change. <laughs> Dixie, the poodle, was there, and she noticed what, how much more compassionate I was. So <clears throat> I challenge folks that even bring this issue up from time to time, I challenge you and I ask you, do you think the church in America, with all this accessibility to sermons and the Word of God and the Internet and all that we have, do you think the church in America is more spiritual today than the New Testament church? Do you think the church in America today is more spiritual than the persecuted church in some of these countries where it is against the law to preach, but they still get fed? They still worship because they are committed to death. No, I don't think the church in America is more spiritual today. In fact, I think that we could draw some conclusions that are very sad about America, the church in America. So, <clears throat> I go back to the question, how are we doing? How are you doing in 2021 as we uh, come to the end Compared to other years in the past, 2020, 2019, how are you doing? Are you more Christ-like today than you were then? Are you more loving to others than you were then? Are you more forgiving? You see, these are all changes, Christ-like changes that need to be taken our, taking place in our life. We should, be, we should be growing more like Christ with each passing year. So are we more forgiving toward one another? Are we more patient with each other? Are we more kind? You know, the Lord put on my heart that just that, that idea of kindness. Kindness. Just being kind one, to one another. I think, I think I'm seeing some folks that that's just lacking in their, in their behavior, in their lives. is kindness. Just being kind to each other. Are you... Less selfish than you used to be. I want to call your attention to a verse. 
I'm not going to, you know, normally when I would go to uh, Philippians 2, you know, we've all heard the sermons, I've preached the sermons, but I just want to kind of zero on one thought today, and if you're looking for a title, well, the title is The Mind of Christ, The Mind of Christ in You. Philippians 2, let nothing be done, verse 3, through strife or vainglory. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Then verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Let this mind, let this mind be in you. Why don't you turn real fast to 1 Corinthians Chapter 2. I want you to see something, a a truth that that we don't talk about a lot. 2 verse 16. Or verse, I'll, I'll start with 15. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judge of no man. For who hath known the mind, we're talking about the mind of Christ in us, Who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. that, That should be an awesome thought to all of us. To think at salvation, when we're born again, we get the new nature, we get God's spirit, but we get the mind, we have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. Let me just, real quickly. I don't have this in my notes, but I just, I was talking to my wife about it on the way here. This is something, when we have the mind of Christ, we need to to understand that when we, when, as we are dealing with the Christian life and growing in Christ, there's really a struggle going on. Um, the old nature's battling, and you've got the new nature, you've got the God Spirit. And when the mind of Christ, through God's Spirit, is in control of our thinking, then we're going to think, when you study the life, just go to the life of Jesus. Look at his days of ministry, how he was going about, and he, was, he would heal this one. He would touch this one's eyes. He would, he, he would raise the dead. He, he would feed the hungry. He would perform miracles. He just, but I believe that the reason he did is kind of can, can be summed up, and there are a lot of reasons. I know they're spiritual, all kind of insights, but verse 36 of chapter 9, but when he saw the multitudes, he was, I want you to get this, he was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. 
the Lord Jesus Christ was moved when he saw the multitudes, when he saw the masses. He was moved with compassion. That's the mind, that's the mind of Christ. He was, I have a tendency to be repelled by the masses. I have a tendency to withdraw. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't like what I'm seeing. Jesus saw the masses and he and he was moved, the scripture says, with compassion for them. Fourteen, uh, chapter 14, verse 14. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. And he healed their sick. He was moved with compassion. I want us to relate that to the mind of Christ. So when we get saved, when we're born again, when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved, we get the indwelling Christ come to live in us. We get his spirit. We get his character. But we get his mind. We get his mind. So we are able then as believers to be able to see things really from his perspective, and that's wisdom, but, but we can see life through the eyes of Christ, through his mind, the way, the way he would think about a, an issue. And, and again, I believe there's the, the battle that is so real. Let me just read it for you here in, in Romans. Let me turn there real fast. Romans uh, 7. Verse 22 and 23, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law, listen to this, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death, or body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind, see that? With the mind, I, my, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. We have the mind of Christ. Now, scriptures do not gloss over truth. It brings out truth. It brings out the reality of our sin and describe sin, but there's the clear evidence that when you have, uh, and back to uh, 1 Corinthians, let me show you. And I, brethren, chapter 3, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hither to ye were not uh, able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. For ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you, and this, this is the reality. This is what is, we examine ourselves, we need to just say, is this occurring in my family? Is this occurring in my church? Is this occurring in my circle of friends? Is this occurring? And if it is, the scripture's not glossing over, the scripture's not saying, well, you know, it's going to be okay. 
The Scripture's calling it what it is. It's carnality. For ye are not yet carnal, or ye are carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? And then it goes on to, to describe, for while one saith, I'm of Paul, I like Paul better. And another says, no, I'm of Apollos. Are ye not carnal? These are, if you just look at this for what it is, it's describing the Bible is clear. There is this, the fruit of God's character that can be developed in our lives. And then there's the fruit of carnality. And we have to be transparent and honest with God and say, God, guess what I'm seeing? We're all involved in envy and strife. I mean, if you are, I'm not saying everyone, but I'm just saying if we if we are, we need to admit that to God that we're involved in envy, jealousy, jealous over this, jealous over that. And strife and divisions. Taking sides, attacking our fellow believers. That's why I am so opposed and believe it is so unscriptural to have all these things going on against believers where people are going after believers. It is just totally unscriptural. It's making division and it's just showing the life of carnality right before our eyes. The old man is in the driver's seat. Full-blown carnality in action. But let this mind, this is amazing. This passage, one, one of the most wonderful passages, all this that we just read in Philippians, one of the most wonderful passages. But let this mind be in you. Yes, it is about being humble. Yes, it is about being selfless. But I just have to ask the question. God laid it on my heart this week to ask this question to all of us and those that might be listening. Who's in charge? Who's in control? Who's winning out in our lives? In our words? In our deeds? In our actions? Is it God's Spirit winning out? Or is it our old nature winning out? Now, I did enjoy, I've, I've kind of picked up again the devotional book that I referred to so many years, Dr. Henry Blackaby, <clears throat> and I picked that up again this week, and I saw something that he wrote that I really liked. I want you to listen to this. This is from Dr. Henry Blackaby, and it's so, it, I just think it's powerful. Attitudes don't just happen. Attitudes don't just happen. We choose them. We choose them. When the Father required a spotless sacrifice for the redemption of humanity, Jesus did not cling to His rights. He did not argue that He should suffer for the sins of rebellious creatures of dust. Rather, He relinquished the glory of His heavenly existence in order to become a man. Born, and one day I'm going to do this, folks. You mark my word, if I can remember it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to bring something out here to protect the carpet 
but I'm going to bring you the evidence of a cattle stall. And I want you to see. I want you to see it for yourselves. If you, you can imagine, some of you have been there, some of you remember from your past, but I want you to see it. It's not a clean place. Some of us that have lived with Germex in our pockets, I don't know how you would exist. But he was born in a cattle shed and he slept in a feed trough. His life was spent preparing for the day when he would suffer an excruciating execution. And all of this he did willingly. Let me turn to another passage in Isaiah 53, 7. If you want to turn there, 53, 7. And he was oppressed, or he was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He openeth not his mouth. This is our Lord. This is his mind. When he was falsely, falsely accused, when he was attacked verbally, he was abused verbally in all kind of ways. The scripture says he opened not his mouth. So when the mind of Christ is in control, you're going to see some things that are important for us to see. This is, I believe this, and this is the picture of our Lord Jesus Christ himself. When you look at Galatians 5.22, I'm talking about when the mind of Christ is in control and we are being conformed and we are responding to the spirit, not to the flesh, you're going to see His Spirit produced in our lives. And this, again, you can look at this and these other scriptures I'm going to read. This is the description of Jesus. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Against such, there is no law. But you see, when the mind of Christ, when the Spirit of Christ is in control, our character is going to resemble, the, this fruit is going to be produced. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. It's going to be, it's going to be evident in our lives. And then... One of the passages we've gone to a lot is 1 Corinthians 13. Though I speak with the tongues of men. Again, when you see these, this list, this is a description of the Lord Jesus. This is who he is. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor works, 
And though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity suffers long and is kind. Folks, I'm going to make a statement here, and I really believe this. If the church had these characteristics, I don't believe our building would hold all the people that would be attracted to that kind of living. But you know, lost people aren't attracted to division and fussing and fighting and strife. They're not attracted to that. They say, I can get that at the Kiwanis Club. I can get that at the school board meeting. What they need to see is Christ's character lived out in every pew, every person. And I promise you, this building would not hold all the people if we were responding properly to what God intended to accomplish in our lives. Suffereth long and is kind, envieth not, is not vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, pride, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked. Not easily provoked. Some people have a hair trigger. I mean, just one word, one mistake, and boy, they're on you. I mean, they're attacking. Not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never fails. And then it goes on. And now about a faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. That is a description of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who he is. You want to know Jesus? You want to know what he's like? You want to know what his character is like? Read these scriptures. That, it's describing him. And he is wanting to produce his character in and through us. And to produce his fruit through us. But then you've got the other side. That's God's side. That's the spiritual side. That's the side he he's desires. That's why Jesus died, that he could produce his character in us, his life in us. But then we still battle the old man, warring against the, our mind. So when you have envying, and it's very clear, envying and strife and division. Well, what about Galatians, what about Galatians 5, 19? Now the works, and this, this is the other side. You got the one side, that's Christ's character. He's developing his character in all of us. And we should be responding, and with the mind of Christ, we can respond, and he can change our lives to be like that. <clears throat> but we have this war going on. And so the works of the flesh, verse 19 of Galatians 5, are manifest, which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife. You know, isn't it amazing? God lists. I'm always amazed at these lists. 
God puts strife in with adultery and murder. So don't, you know, you know, say, oh, well, it's nothing. No, it is big. It is something big to God. It is very big to God when there's strife in the body. Seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and the such like, of which I tell you before, and I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Then it goes into the fruit of the Spirit. So you've got the works of the flesh. Oh, and then you've got Proverbs 16. These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven doth the Lord hate. You know, I think our ears ought to perk up when we read in the Holy Scriptures where God says, I hate something. Be, that ought to be big to us. God says, I hate something. A proud look. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. And every time I read that, I think of abortion. I think about the doctors. I think of all those that are involved in innocent. And I heard some of the uh, Supreme Court justices this week, and it was so nauseating to hear their thought. Well, is this, is this, are you coming from this from a religious standpoint? Is this about religion? No, it's about life. Well, you know, Fetuses, they said, uh, they do respond to stimuli. They wouldn't admit that they are responding to the pain of it. Hands, God hates this. Hands that shed innocent blood. Folks, we ought to be praying. I don't know that anything's going to change but we have the best chance we've ever had in our lifetime to see a change in some of the state laws. And we ought to be praying for God to do that great work. And heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift to running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies. Isn't it amazing? Lying comes just, you know, tell the truth. Just be honest. God already knows. I mean, we, we can lie all day long to each other, but God already knows the truth. He already knows. False witnesses speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. You know, when you tap somebody on the shoulder and said, did you know this? Did, did, have you noticed this? And you start talking about the church, you talk about the preachers, you talk about the elders. You say, well, no, I just mentioned it for a prayer request. No, I'm telling you, so much of our conversation with each other, much of it is sowing seeds of discord. When we start pointing out that black dot on a white piece of paper, I've had it happen to me. I had had situations where people were there and all I saw was a white piece of paper. And someone just gives one negative thought. And you know what? For years, I've personally battled that black dot on a white piece of paper that was actually not even true in the first place. But I've battled it in my mind 
because someone gave me that black dot to think about. So we need to really be careful and, and be aware that we may be sowing seed of discord and not even be thinking about it. So in our conversations with each other. So let me just kind of say a few practical things here toward the end. As believers, we need to examine our lives. Who's in charge? Is it our old nature, evidenced by the certain things of carnality? I mean, don't gloss it over if you've got friction and faction and division going on. And the scripture is clear, it calls it carnality. I couldn't give you spiritual meat because you were yet carnal. So we need today, during this invitation, for believers to admit, I've got some carnality going on in my heart. So, amen, who said that? That's good. I'll take one amen. You know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding. <laughs> but seriously, we need to examine who's in charge, the old nature or God's spirit. And is he working through the mind, his mind, in and through our lives? The mind of Christ, when in control, will respond to others the way Christ would respond. In humility... Versus pride. In love. Versus hate. And hurt. In forgiveness. Versus bitterness. Let me just say something to y'all. And I, I'm not going to tell you anything that you probably don't already know. But I just want to reinforce and remind you of something. Christians. Believers. You're living for the Lord. And even if you're not, just guess what? People are going to say things to offend you. They're, they're going to say things to offend you. They're going to hurt your feelings. Others are going to hurt us. And you know something else? They're going to talk about us. I, I think I've just given up on the day to think in this idealistic world that all the church, when they sit around around the dinner table all week long, they never had one bad thing to say about the sermon, the, you know, uh, preacher's haircut, uh, his pickle juice in his bag now, and all these things. And, and he, oh, and I just, I've given up on that. People are going to talk. But it's up to us to respond and respond as Jesus did in a Christ-like manner. Not to retaliate, not to outdo them or get back at them, but to, and you know what? I've watched over the years, those that are always got this stuff going on in their lives, they're the losers. They are the losers. Because if you're living on, on led by the Spirit and you've got relationships and you've got your family and you've got your wife, you've got your kids and you've got grandkids and you've got people that love you and speak to you in a kind way, 
you are the winner. But people are going to constantly try to tear you down. They're going to attack you and say things that are untrue many times. But we need to respond. As Jesus did not even open his mouth. So I'm going to ask you. We, if you're born again today, the scripture is clear. You and I have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Now, how has that affected our life, our lifestyle, our behavior, our words, our responses to people that have been unfair and cruel to us at many times? How has it affected us? Are we different in December of 2021 versus December of 2020 and 2019? Have we made some changes? Are there some things happening in our life? It really boils down to this. I believe Jesus is calling all of us today. If you're lost, he's calling you for salvation. But as a believer, he's calling us. He's calling us to a life of submission and obedience to his word. To him. What is the invitation about? I think it's a great time to solidify a decision that you know, maybe I have been living a carnal life. Maybe I am seeing some evidence of carnality. And I want to deal with that today. I want to deal with that now. And Lord, I want to surrender my life, my, my will, my, my emotions, my life to you. And I want to start fresh today. And put all that garbage behind me. And I want you to take charge. I want to give you my life afresh. To lead me from this day forward. I want to finish 2021 more Christ-like than I've ever been in my whole life. We can do it. We, we have a choice. And God's not going to make us. He's not going to force it. But he's given us a, a free will. We can decide now. You're in this invitation to follow him. Jesus is calling. Let's stand together as we have a final Word of prayer as we think about what God has told us in his word today. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of it. I pray that we would be more spiritual. I pray that we would be more Christ-like. I pray that we would take advantage of the endless multitude of sermons and preaching that's out there and available to us today. I pray that we would spend more time listening to the word of God than we do listening to secular music. So I pray that you would accomplish your will, do a great work in this invitation, and most of all, we ask you to be glorified and you to be exalted in Jesus' name. Amen. All right.